0: If there's something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Get 10% off your first month by going to BetterHelp.com forward slash brain. Use the discount code brain during checkout to apply the discount. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Koliani and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. And I do have a warning The Overwhelmed Brain Podcast may cause increased self-worth and self-esteem, more authentic relationships, a deeper connection with yourself and others, and a strong desire to honor yourself around those who don't have your best interest in mind. Listen at your own risk. (laughs) I just wanted to add that. I didn't know where to put it in the show, but uh, I think it's important to understand that when you tune into a show that tries to help you improve yourself, that you have to realize there will be changes in your life. And if you choose to take steps in your life to improve yourself, to improve your situation, things are going to change. And we get into a space of comfortable stagnancy when we aren't changing. And we can be a victim of our own making. We can create a situation that everything is good enough, even though I don't like it, but at least it's not worse. And this is kind of toxic thinking for yourself, because if you're not happy, if you're not comfortable, if there's no sense of, or somewhat sense of peace in your life, and you're just dealing with what you have, then you're not going to be as happy as you could be, or at all. And sometimes we do this to ourselves. Often it's ourselves. Often it's our decisions that get us to where we are. In the space that we're in today and then we tell the narrative or the story that's running through our brain to others we tell others that our life is hard this person I live with is a jerk this person I work for is difficult these people in my life are impossible to deal with but how often do you look back and say well you know I made this decision That led to this decision that led to me doing this. And since I never stood up for myself there, since I never honored myself there, since I never stopped the behavior I didn't like, I succumb to the behavior. I submit to the world that has become what I have created. And I'm not trying to blame you or put it all on you because there are people out there that uh, will put one over on you. There are people out there that will fool you, but there's got to be a point Where you look inward and you say, you know, this decision led to this decision led to me not honoring myself, led to me not standing up for myself that one time and not saying anything for the last 10 years. There's a point where you have to say that and then take responsibility. And I know I talked about this in a previous episode and we're not going to get into it too much today, but this is kind of a a reminder that yes, the things that we end up with in our lives. These results, these outcomes, we had a lot to do with them. We had a lot to do with them. At least when you decide to take responsibility for the results in your life, then you can start taking control of your life. Then you can start making changes. It's when we get stuck in the finger pointing that they're responsible for how I feel and they're responsible for what I have today. They're responsible for my unhappiness. When we do that and we're pointing the finger at them, it's very difficult to bring it back on us and say, you know, if I hadn't made that decision 15 years ago, I wouldn't be where I am today. It doesn't mean it's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to say, you know what? I'm going to make a different decision today. What causes us to stop making that different decision is the fear. If this changes, then my comfortable stagnation that I'm in Disappears and what does that mean? What does that look like? That scares me, so I don't want to do it. And will you get stuck? I don't know how many jobs I stayed way too long in because I feared what might happen next if I quit. Will you get stuck? So for this first segment, like I said, I'm not going to get too much into taking responsibility for your own decisions. I did talk about that just a few episodes ago, uh, but it's important. I just want to give that reminder. But I, I do want to kind of focus on your results, your outcomes, and also how you perceive other people's results and their outcomes. And what I mean by that is, let's just say that you're not wealthy and you look at someone wealthy and you think, I wish I had what they had. We get stuck on the vision. Like our vision might be, I wish I had that perfect person in my life. I wish I had that perfect job. I wish I had all that income. And we're so focused on the outcome of something, the end result, or, you know, sometimes we do this, we can be so focused on an end result. And when we focus on that, what happens inside when you do that? Like think of somebody or something that you want, like think of someone that has something you want, probably a better way to put it. What do you feel inside when you think about what they have? That you want? Does it make you feel good? Does it motivate you? Does it encourage you? Like, wow, I really want what they have, so I'm going to go out there and do what it takes to get what they have. Or does it disappoint you? Does it feel defeating? Wow, I really want what they have. I guess I'll never have it. I guess my life isn't that great. I guess this is what life comes down to. It's just difficult and I'll never get what I want. Just check in with your emotions and your feelings there because. It's an important message to you to help you shift your focus if it's making you feel bad. And I make it sound easy, but it's, it's not unless you do some certain process that I'm, I'm going to tell you about. But if you want something that somebody else has or something that somebody else has created or want to be as lucky as someone else or want to be as wealthy, happy, healthy, all of the above as someone else and it makes you feel bad that you don't have that, this is the time when you tell yourself something different. And what I mean by that is we often are stuck on, I wish I had that nice car. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish I could go to Tahiti every year. I wish I could be a millionaire. Instead of focusing on what you want as an end result, focus on what it takes to get to that end result. And what I mean by that is that you can't just say, I want this outcome and have it appear. It's almost futile thinking like I want this outcome. And if you feel bad when you think that, then that thinking is almost irrational. I want that outcome so bad. And every time I think about it, I feel bad that I don't have it. That's irrational thinking. I feel bad when I don't have it, which means you're causing yourself to feel bad. And I know it's not as easy as turning off a light switch and telling you, don't think that way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to give you some questions to ask yourself. But yes, when you think about an outcome and it makes you feel bad, we need to change the perspective. We need to change the focus. How do we do that? Well, first, remember that you can't control the outcome. You can't just make it appear out of thin air, but you can control the steps that you take that lead you to an outcome. So if you see something that you want or someone that has something you want, don't waste your time saying, I wish I had that in my life. Now, <laughs> that doesn't mean you shouldn't say that. All I'm saying is that if you feel bad that you don't have it, then don't waste your time saying, I wish I had that in my life. What you do instead is say, what would it take for me to get that in my life? This kind of self talk or personal dialogue will help you formulate a process and also help you avoid envy and jealousy. And what I mean by that is you start to think about what steps you might have to take in order to get closer to that goal or result. And these steps will come easier, in my opinion, when you feel bad, not when you feel good. If you feel good about your vision and you keep taking steps toward that vision, And you don't have any envy or jealousy then you're on the right track that works for you i'm talking about if this doesn't work so if you do feel bad when you have this vision in mind this outcome then the goal is to reaffirm positivity instead of reaffirm negativity because here's what happens you have a vision or a goal or an outcome in mind and if you feel bad when you think that you don't have it or you're at a loss or in some sort of debt because you don't have what you want. What you end up doing is walking around in some sort of negativity, jealousy, envy, um, fear. It could be fear of loss, fear of never having something. And if you're walking around in this fear or loss or lack, what you end up doing is thinking differently and doing things differently or not doing anything at all. And this can happen. This has happened in my life. I felt completely defeated like a long time ago when I first started coaching my coaching practice. I had friends around me that were literally turning into millionaires while I wasn't going anywhere. And I wanted what they had. I looked at their results and said, why can't I have those results? Why am I not lucky like them? Why am I not doing as well as them? What makes them different? And I would be stuck in negativity and I felt defeated. And the more defeated I felt, the less I wanted to do in my life. And this defeat continues to compound over the months and even years. If you continue thinking about the outcome that you aren't getting. And so if you hold a vision and it makes you feel bad because you don't have it happening, because it's not coming true then your focus on that vision is harmful to you. And this is kind of opposite of what you usually hear. Usually hear always keep your eyes on the prize. Never take your eyes away because that is your beacon. That's what you're walking toward. And for the most part, I agree with that. It's great to have that lighthouse way in the distance that you know you're walking toward. And you know that no matter what happens, that light coming from that one spot way out there is guiding you. It, it is always your direction. It's like being in alignment with what you value most and you continue along that path. No matter how many times you fail along the way, that light is still guiding you. That is a valid and healthy perspective, but it doesn't work for everyone. And it doesn't work all the time. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. Sometimes you see that light, you're walking toward it, And you keep failing and you keep failing. And the biggest failure comes sometimes when you look at someone else's success and they made it. They have the perfect life or they have the perfect wife or husband or they have the perfect job or the perfect income. Something about what they have you want. And you feel defeat kick in. You feel envy. You feel jealousy. And what this can do is demotivate you to the point where you stop walking toward that lighthouse where the beacon doesn't shine anymore for you because you don't think you'll ever get it because your focus shifted from every next step to, Oh, they have what I want. I want that. I don't have it. Therefore I must be a loser or I'm going to be a failure all my life or everything I do doesn't seem to work out. So I'm going to take my eyes off the prize, extinguish that light, And just do something else with my life. This can happen. And I'm kind of talking in circles, or at least it seems that way. But what I'm trying to do is help you get to the next step. So when you see that lighthouse, when you see your vision way out there, and you know that every step is going to be either a failure or a success, and you are not demotivated by that, then you're taking the right steps. You're going in the right direction because... And what I've experienced, that's life. That is life. You are going to take a step and fail and you're going to take another step and fail and then 10 more steps and fail and then suddenly you succeed and you're one step closer. But the next failure isn't a step backwards. It's a lesson. It's a learning process. It's getting to the next stage of understanding how to succeed by failing. It sounds disheartening. (laughs) It does. But every failure gives you wisdom. Every failure gets you closer to what you want. But that's not my point. My point is when you are so disheartened by someone else's success, by what someone else accomplished, that you extinguish your own vision. You see that point of light way over there and you're always walking toward it, but you see someone else succeed and they get there years before you did and you have this feeling, this defeat that comes over you. And you decide to extinguish that beacon. When you do that, your focus is on the wrong thing because people who spend their time focusing on other people's successes are usually the most stagnant, are usually the ones who do not get too far in life. They're so focused on what other people have done, they stop doing for themselves. And that focus takes away from you. It removes your power. It de-energizes you. Because you want what they have. And so my suggestion is when you feel this way, when you feel bad at looking at someone else's success, however you define their success, stop focusing on their outcome. Because what that does is it takes you away from the process that you need to go through to get the outcome you want. By focusing on their results, you get stuck at wanting the outcome and you feel like you'll never get it because... The leap is so large. It's like it's too large to take. You can't be broke and say, I wish I was a millionaire. Because taking that leap from broke to millionaire involves steps that you may have no idea how to take. And I know some people are saying, well, of course, I don't know how to take it. Otherwise, I'd be a millionaire. I'd be doing those steps if I knew the steps. I'm sure some of you out there might be saying that right now. If I knew the steps, I would take them. But my question is, would you? Would you sacrifice what you need to sacrifice in order to take some steps that move you toward a success, whatever success that you're looking for, whatever outcome, because some people won't. Like when I saw some of my friends turn into millionaires, at first I wanted what they had and I thought, wow, how come I can't have what they have? I'm doing so much and I still don't have what they have. And then I asked myself an important question. Am I willing to do what they did? to get where they got or to get what they got. And I had to think about it very carefully because it's so easy to say, yes, yes, as long as I'm a millionaire, then no matter what. But thinking about it, I realized I had values in place that they didn't. I mean, they had values too, but my values definitely differed from theirs. They didn't mind working 16 hours a day, taking no time off, having no time for a relationship, or at least some of them they didn't mind. They didn't mind making cold sales calls, for example. They didn't mind networking and going out and making themselves known to the world with other people, meeting strangers, doing uh, all kinds of things to generate business and make money. And I had a different thought process for that. I wanted to stay in my own little protective bubble. I wanted to stay isolated and Introverted, so I didn't have to meet too many people. I wanted to make money easier. I wanted to do things easier. I wanted to get there, but not have to do what they did. And these thoughts started coming to me, going, Oh, no wonder I'm not getting what I want because I'm not willing to do what they did to get what I want, <laughs> to get the outcome that they have. What am I willing to do to get that outcome? And these realizations came to me and made me think, Well, how could I possibly be envious or jealous about what they have if I'm not even willing to take some of the steps they did? And so that humbled me. I really decided to concentrate on this and meditate on this and figure out what this jealousy and envy was all about. And it surprised me what I found out. And maybe this is true for some people that are listening now it surprised me to find out that I wasn't necessarily jealous of what they had, but I was almost upset at myself that I wasn't willing to take the steps that I needed to take for me to get what I wanted. And so there's a jealousy and envy that came up inside of me that was covering thoughts and limitations in myself that there are things that I wanted but I didn't want to sacrifice for because some of the things that they did would involve sacrifice for me if they wanted to network with a lot of people and I wanted to stay away from crowds. I'm not saying this is necessarily exactly what happened, but this is a good example. If I want to stay away from crowds, I'm not going to go network. I'm not going to be an extrovert and shake hands and tell people what I do and try to sell myself where they did. And so I became jealous or envious of their success. And upon reflecting about where this jealousy and envy comes from or why I'm feeling this way. It resulted in me discovering that I am unwilling to make some sacrifices in my life or compromises or willing to change the priority of my values. It all came down to me not being accepting of the steps that I will or will not take in my life and what I'm willing to give up. I couldn't accept it. And that really opened my eyes because once I realized that I couldn't accept certain sacrifices or compromises, that if I did, I would probably get to my outcome. But if I didn't, I would be disappointed. Once I was willing to accept that I wasn't going to change, at least in the moment, that I really valued what I valued and I was prioritizing what I valued over the steps I needed to take to become more successful or to get the outcomes they got, then it freed me from the jealousy and the envy. And it made me focus on what I really needed to focus on, which is what am I going to do about it? And I think that's a great question to ask yourself. When you see someone else's success, you ask yourself, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do to make that happen in my life? Because when we're focused on someone else, we're not focused on ourselves. It may help us to reflect on ourselves, but if you have that negativity or that envy or that jealousy or even that hatred, like, oh, those kind of people, they're all just lucky or they're greedy or they have what I don't have. Therefore, I don't like them. And we walk around like that, we take all the focus on what we need to do, the next step that we need to take so that we get one step closer to what we want in our life. When we come back, I'm going to give you some questions that you can ask yourself that will be helpful when you want something in your life and you're not getting it. And if you have any type of envy or jealousy or dislike for someone who has what you want, the next segment will be helpful as well. We'll be right back after this. So there was a time when I was doing email coaching and so many people signed up and you might be listening now and if you did, this is probably of interest to you. So many people signed up for my email coaching that that is what I spent the majority of time doing and it became too much to handle. I just took on too many clients and I realized that I spent the majority of time in my email as much as I loved working with people in email and as much as they loved working with me through email, I had to stop doing it. It became overwhelming. You know, I try to teach people to get out of overwhelm and what I talk about, but I was becoming overwhelmed and I realized, you know, this isn't working. This isn't working for me and I can't give every single person my full attention anymore because now my energy was being scattered amongst a lot of people. So this isn't a complaint, but it's a realization that something needed to change. And so I had to stop that program and I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want to tell the people that I was working with that I'm stopping it. But at the same time, I had to. I, I had to do it for my own good and their own good because I could not commit the full time and energy that I wanted to with them. But let me tell you something. I received so much positive feedback from email coaching. And that's all it was we were emailing back and forth and as soon as i decided to close that down i had like 10 more people want it and so i knew it was popular i knew it's a big thing but like i said i couldn't do it anymore but it did teach me one thing i heard this over and over again the clients that i worked with said i love being able to do this from home i love being behind a computer screen it feels safe i love being able to be in my own space and do this on my own time and feel secure in my own skin. Because in email, we don't even have to look at each other. I mean, I like seeing people when I work with them, but in email, we didn't have to. And they appreciated that. Most of them appreciated that we didn't have to see each other. They felt safe. They didn't feel vulnerable. They felt like they can express themselves and have very little fear doing so. I mean, they knew me from the show and they knew I wasn't like a threatening person, but it really helped for them to be in their own space. And so I'm telling you this because I really love today's sponsor, BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is online counseling that asks you if there's anything that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, then they are there for you. BetterHelp is where you can connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's convenient. It's exactly what my clients have said about my email coaching. They said it's so convenient. And just like with my email coaching, BetterHelp allows you to get help on your own time and at your own pace. I mean, you can also schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with a therapist. These are licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression and stress and anxiety and relationships, sleeping and trauma and anger, LGBT matters and grief, self-esteem, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in this show. This is why I'm excited about this sponsors because they can offer what I no longer offer. They can take the reins from here and help you out. They have 3000 US licensed therapists across all 50 states, but they're available worldwide. And as soon as you sign up, you can be communicating with them in under 24 hours. Whether it's on your desktop, your mobile phone, Android or iOS, there's a whole plethora of options with BetterHelp. It's a secure, convenient, professional and affordable service. And I highly, highly recommend you check them out at betterhelp.com forward slash brain and make sure to use the promo code brain when checking out because you'll get 10% off your first month. So why not get started today? This might be the perfect solution for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Use the promo code brain to get 10% off. And once you're in there, you'll fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. And if you don't love them, you can change. (laughs) You can change counselors. You can say, look, it's not working out with this person. I would like another counselor. And it's a seamless process. No problem. They're there to help you. Betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Use the promo code brain when checking out. Get 10% off your first month today. Welcome back. Like I said, I want to give you some questions mixed in with examples that will help you shift your focus from feeling bad about not having what others have uh, to more about what you can do for you to get what you want. I've dealt with this several times in my life. Growing up, I looked at someone else that I think he was my boss once and I said, uh, Why does that guy get everything that I want? Why does that guy? Because he's a jerk. <laughs> he's a big A, you know what. And I didn't like him, and I didn't like that he got what I wanted. He was more successful, and he was getting results in his life that I wasn't getting in mine. And being humble, again, bringing it back to myself, asking myself questions like, and here they are, what do I need to do to get what he has in his life? Now, when you ask yourself that question, you may end up with a blank stare on your face because you have no idea, at least at first. But this is where you then start to break it down into baby steps. So the first question I asked myself, and I don't know if this is the right order, but I asked myself similar questions like, what do I need to do to get the outcome he got? And I said, I don't know, because I think I'm doing everything that he's doing, or I'm trying to be a good person and it's not working, or I'm trying to do all the right things and it's not working. So that blank stare comes in, a way to break it down into a a more digestible step is ask the question, okay, in order to get that outcome, how can I create a proof of concept that it's even possible? So those sort of along the lines of my thinking back then, what kind of proof do I need to show that it's possible in my life? So instead of just saying, I want that outcome and hoping it appears in my life, if I can create one little shred of evidence that proves to me that it's possible, then I will have my first baby step. So a good example is if you want to make a million dollars, in order to make a million dollars, you create that proof of concept first, which might be to make a dollar. If you want to attract the right person in your life, you can ask yourself, who do I need to be to attract that kind of person in my life? So you might see someone that's attractive or you love everything about them and you want That person or someone like them in your life who do i need to be to attract that kind of person in my life and that may involve steps that you need to take that maybe you don't want to or haven't up to this point if that involves being more educated or losing weight or gaining weight if that involves getting a haircut buying nice clothes what does it involve what's one step in that direction Because once you take that one step, you have a small accomplishment. You have one baby step toward the lighthouse, toward the beacon. And once you have that baby step accomplished, it's proof. The concept is proven and you know you can do this baby step, which means you can amplify it. It's sort of like after I got back surgery back in 2012, I think, I lived up four flights of stairs. (laughs) And uh, the day I came home from the hospital... It was like on day five, I had to stay in there for a little while. Um, I got to that bottom step and looked up and just thought, I'm never going to do this. (laughs) I'm never going to be able to walk up these steps. I can't even think about making the first flight, let alone all four. It was a cold day in Portland, Oregon, when I lived there with my wife when I was married. And looking at that first step, I was thinking, oh, this is just going to take so long. And I feel like I'm never going to be able to do this. And then, as Portland often does, it started raining. <laughs> so not only was it cold, now there's a really cold rain coming down. It was a, a mist coming down. And I thought, oh great, I have all these stairs to climb. And I don't even know if I can make the first step. But I lifted my right leg and was able to pull my weight up onto that first step And a realization just flashed in my head and I said, you know what? I made the first step. That means I can make the second step. And that's exactly what I did. I lifted my leg, put it on the second step and using all my might, pulled myself onto that second step. And I knew that if I made two steps, I can make the third step. And this is what I'm talking about. That first step proves you can take the second one, proves you can take the third one. And yes, after I don't know how many minutes, a half an hour, I don't know how long it took, but I made every one of those steps and I felt pretty good about myself when I was done. I did it. I made it to the top and I collapsed in bed and I was tired, but I made it. I made it all the way and this is what it takes. It takes you proving to yourself that you can take that first step. I just love the stories that I get. Like one of the people in a group that I run, he said he hasn't purchased really, really nice clothes uh, for himself. And he decided that, you know, wearing nice clothes makes him feel better. So he went out and bought nice clothes and he said it made all the difference in the world. He said, putting on these clothes and meeting people made me feel like a million bucks. That's what comes to my mind. I don't know if you use those words, but he said it made me feel so good about myself It was one of the best investments I've ever made in myself. And what's interesting about that is that you can look at something like that, like he had insecurities or fears or shyness or whatever he was dealing with. And instead of dealing with it from an emotional healing standpoint, instead of dealing with with it from a mindset standpoint or going to therapy or counseling, and I don't discount that at all, I'm just saying he could think of a number of ways to deal with it. And instead of working on it from the inside out, he decided to put some different clothes on and experience the world dressed differently, dressed to impress himself and others. And he felt so good. It changed his entire mindset. It's changing his life. It's changing his results. All because he decided to do something that he hadn't done for himself. And when he did, It changed things. It gave him the first step to make him realize I can take the next step because in order to take the next step, you kind of have to have that accomplishment. You kind of have to look back and say, I made that happen and I feel better about myself because I was able to accomplish it. No matter how you do it, when you accomplish that first step, you can get to the next one. It's that proof that you can make it. You can take that step. You can make that step and you'll have the energy and the motivation and determination to take the next one. That kind of thinking kicks butt. That kind of thinking takes you out of the negativity of focusing on other people and their accomplishments because in order to get something grandiose in your life, something big, something major, you have to prove that you can do something minor as a component of that bigger picture to show that you have what it takes and you have it in you to do it. And no matter what, even if you never achieve your grand scheme, your big vision, I guarantee you the foundational steps, the baby steps that you're taking toward that vision is going to give you access to so many more resources, so many more thought processes, so much more knowledge to accomplish things that you may never have accomplished had you not taken any steps. So before I end this segment, let me give you a few more questions you can ask yourself so that you can help yourself. Stop being so externally focused on other people. And I'll give you some examples. Uh, If you see someone that walks tall and carries him or herself confidently, and you want to be more like them, ask yourself, how can I reach that level of confidence? So that may not give you the answer. And I'll be honest here. (laughs) If you don't get any answers, you have to start small. You have to break it down. So the next question after that might be, what is one thing I can do increase my level of confidence? And you may not have any answers there either. You may have to start thinking, well, where am I not confident? I'm not confident talking to people or I'm not confident when I'm in an elevator or I'm not confident when I'm around my family. Okay. You might have to break it down even more. Well, what specifically am I not confident about? And why am I not confident in that situation? And you start breaking it down into smaller and smaller components So you can deal with one single component. And it's great because you'll find out exactly where you might need to improve. If it comes down to, well, when my mom says this, I'm afraid to say this back. Well, then you break it down even more. Well, why am I afraid to say something like that back? And you might come up with because she might yell at me because it'll cause trouble because I'll feel bad if she doesn't love me anymore, you know. You want to find out exactly why you do the things you do so that you can work on that component and this is a component of a bigger picture if you're trying to achieve higher levels of confidence and you know that you are the least confident in certain areas of your life try to improve one area and you know that that involves work that involves working on yourself and understanding where you need to improve but what it does is it takes you off the big picture thinking takes you off that I want to be more confident mode and puts you into what is one thing that I can improve that will increase my confidence in that specific area. Because again, I guarantee you, you take one step and give yourself proof that it's possible. The rest of it is also possible. If you take one step, the next one is possible. The next one will happen. Here's some more questions you can ask yourself. What do I need to do To start becoming who I need to be in order to get the results I want. Or how about this one? If you're looking at someone and they have results that you want, ask yourself, what did they do to succeed in that area of their life? And you follow it up with something like, what am I willing to do to move in that direction? Am I willing to take steps that I need to start the process of making my vision become a reality? You know we talked about that earlier it's like what steps are you willing to take are you willing to make some sacrifice or some compromise or change your values so that you can be more in alignment because what happens is sometimes you value certain elements of your life over others you might value weekends off and in order to get to your goal you might have to do something on the weekends and so the value of weekends off can override the steps you need to take to get the outcome you want. And so this might involve saying to yourself, well, I'm going to change that value. In order to get what I want, I'm going to realize that I need to sacrifice my weekends. But you have to come to a level of acceptance with that too. You have to be willing to do it because that vision is so strong pulling you forward. But again, you might have to start small, like take one weekend off and see what you get done. Another question is, what is one thing that person did that I haven't done That would give me better results, different ways to look at it, different questions to ask yourself, to help your mind go in different directions. Here's another one. What is one thing that I need to know in order to take a step toward that result? So you may not know what you don't know, but what is one thing that you need to know in order to take a step toward that result? Like if you're talking about confidence, what do I need to know to be more confident? well, I need to know how to talk to my mom or I need to know how to answer with confidence in myself or I need to know how to answer people without fear that they won't like me. Okay, what do you need to know to become fearless in that area? Well, you might need to know everything is going to be all right. You might need to know that it's okay to not be liked. You might need to know that it's okay that people don't like you. You might need to know that. And so this does involve some mindset shifting, but when you do, and you can be okay with something, you can often take the first step or the next step. Here's another question, uh, thinking about someone else having a result that you want. Am I willing to give up what they've given up in order to achieve what they've achieved? There's a good one right there. So, uh, am I willing to give up what they've given up in order to achieve what they've achieved? about this. Am I willing to part with certain things in my life to move in the direction of my vision? That's that sacrifice question. Am I willing to sleep less? Am I willing to work more? Am I willing to learn more or pay for classes? Or Am I willing to network with people or attend functions or gatherings? Am I willing to put myself out there? Am I willing to go the distance? Am I willing to make a mark in the world? There's so many things that others have done that perhaps you haven't, or maybe you have, and you didn't get the same results, meaning you might have to look at someone else's results and figure out just what differentiates you from them. Let me finish this up by using me for an example. Somebody might look at me and say, I wish I could get the results that Paul has. I wish I could have the relationship that Paul has. I wish I could Express myself like Paul does or honor myself in front of toxic people. I wish I could do those certain things. And my question to that person is, are you willing to take the steps that I've taken in order to get those results? Because I tell you what, the steps that I've taken, not that I'm patting myself on the back or anything because anyone can do this, but I didn't want to take them yet. I did. I think that's a huge difference between me and some other people. I didn't want to take the steps, but I did anyway. I didn't know what was going to happen when I took certain steps, but I did anyway. I was scared as hell when I took certain steps, and I did anyway. I was afraid for my life, and I took the steps anyway. I'm not saying you have to do any of that. I'm just asking you if you are willing to take a leap of faith, to take a chance, to step into that fear, to walk through it, to make decisions in the face of fear, in the face of uncertainty, and in the face of leaping over an endless chasm of the unknown, of the void, because you have no idea where it leads and where it's going to end up. Are you willing to take the leap of faith that puts you into the unknown? Like some of the steps that I've taken in my life. Because that's exactly how I was able to achieve some of the biggest increases in almost all areas of my life by taking steps, regardless of how much fear there was, of how much uncertainty there was, and how much I didn't know I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen when I confronted my stepfather and honored myself and told him not to come in the house. I didn't know what was going to happen when I was in a conference with my two bosses and I told them exactly what I thought. I didn't know what was going to happen when I was married and I confronted my wife for the very first time after years of being a people pleaser, after years of adapting to what I believed other people wanted me to be. I didn't know what was going to happen when I confronted my wife and actually told her how I really felt about something or what I really wanted because I was so used to giving in and letting other people's opinions override mine and not even telling them that was happening. I didn't know what was going to happen when someone asked for my phone number once and I said, no, I don't want to give it to you. (laughs) I didn't know. And I just took the leap. And every single time I've taken the leap into the void, into the unknown, my life turned out better. Because deep down, it's what I really wanted. And when you follow steps that originate from deep down you can override the fear. It doesn't mean the fear goes away. It just means you take the steps regardless of the fear. You take the steps regardless of not knowing the outcome. Does this work all the time? Does it work for everyone? I mean, I don't know. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know who you're dealing with. And you may think you're defeated in certain areas and there's nothing you can do. But if you haven't tried it, you'll never know. That's like people who write to me and say, I'm in the worst relationship imaginable but I don't want to leave it because I don't know if it could be worse. And so what they do is they never try leaving it. They never take a break. They never separate and they never take a chance on their own. And so they never know. And by doing that, you never know what you could have. And I like to look at it this way. Am I willing to be unhappy for the rest of my life the way I am, or am I willing to take a chance toward happiness? For me, it's always the latter meaning taking a step toward happiness, regardless of the fear, regardless of the unknown. So I hope this helps you if you feel stagnant in your life, if you look at someone else's results or outcomes and you want what they want, but you think you can never get it. I hope this helps if you feel like you want to take more steps in your life toward a bigger vision for yourself, toward a bigger outcome for yourself, toward a success that you want. Because when you take a step, You find out what works and what doesn't. And when you don't take a step, you stay exactly where you are. And if that's a good place for you, don't change a thing. You're doing well. If that's not something that you want to keep in your life, if you do want changes, you may have to take some risks. You may have to take a leap. But I know it's in you because I took that first step up four flights of stairs after my back surgery. You can take the first step too. It may not be the same circumstances for you. It may not be a good analogy for you. But remember, everything you learn goes into the next step. Everything you fail at goes into your success. Everything that gets worse gives you the information you need to help make it better. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be right back. I'll say some thank yous and my final words right after this. <music> Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want you to remember that website I told you about, betterhelp.com. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. I love this place. Fully licensed counselors and therapists in all kinds of fields of study. You take the questionnaire and you can get help from the privacy and feeling of safety from your very own home. They have all kinds of ways to connect with you. And I hope it helps you if you're dealing with anything in your life betterhelp.com forward slash brain use the promo code brain for 10% off your first month and I want to thank those of you who've written to me and shared your stories there's a lot of emails that I get almost every day I'm getting lots and lots of them I never really have time to reply to them but I do eventually get to them on the air or if I don't get to them on the air I will eventually reply but know that I get a ton of emails and if you've written to me and it seems like I'm ignoring you I promise I'm not. It's just, I don't have time. And like I said, I'm not trying to ignore you. I just get a lot of emails. So thank you for those of you who written to me. And thank you also to those who have left reviews for the show and uh, commented in different areas where the podcast appears. I appreciate you. I try to read all of those as well. And um, every single one of your comments and reviews means a lot to me. So I appreciate you. I also want to thank anyone in the patron program showing their financial support and also people that donate to the show like Samantha. Wow. She gave a generous donation. She said, Hey Paul, I started listening to your podcast last year and I can't say enough good things about how amazing you and your content are. I truly feel like it connects with me and I wanted you to know that I appreciate you and all the hard work you do. Samantha, that means so much to me. It really does. I am so grateful You took the time and you decided to give back uh, because you found value in what I share. And if it's changing your life, that means the world to me. So thank you for sharing this. Thank you for donating. And thank you for your words. I appreciate you and all the hard work you're doing too. I know it's hard work. (laughs) What we do here is hard work, but working on yourself, it's some of the hardest work there is. So I'm so glad that you shared this with me. Thank you again. Thank you for donating. I appreciate you, Samantha. And anyone that wants to donate or join the patron program, go to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com and you'll have an opportunity to give a one-time donation or join the patron site and access all the private episodes and workbooks and worksheets and discounts on the products and services that I offer. It's all there. Thank you, existing patron members. You and those that donate are the reason this show continues to go. And it also makes me feel good that you find the information here valuable and you believe that I'm doing something good. And I am grateful for that. Thank you very much. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. To close the show, I'm going to say something a little bit in contrast to what I've already said. Life is hard. It really is. I I want to validate that for you. Life is hard. It can be so challenging. People are challenging. (laughs) Children are challenging. They're wonderful, but they're challenging. Parents are challenging. They're wonderful, but challenging. Not all children, not all parents. And if you're a child listening to this, it's not because of you. It's because we don't know how to talk to you. We don't know how to communicate with you because kids open their eyes to the world and everything's a new experience and you want to figure things out and you want to test your limits and you want to push boundaries and it's awesome and it scares the heck out of us adults (laughs) because we don't know what to do. Well, some of us and I'm speaking from sort of a third party perspective here because I never had kids, but I know kids can be challenging and I know parents can be challenging and I know siblings can be challenging and your boss can be challenging your coworkers and other people in your life and your romantic partner can be challenging. It's hard. A lot of this stuff is really hard, but what gets easier is when you figure out one little component. I said this earlier, one little component that you can work on just to get one step closer, just to help life go a little bit easier. When you can get that one tiny component improved in some way, life does get a little easier. It's the difference sometimes between 99% chaos and 98% chaos. It's not a huge number, but it's one point in the right direction. It's one component. It's one step closer. And a lot of the challenge usually comes from the attachments that we put out there. Like, I am so attached to having it this way this perfect way. I'm so attached to making this happen the exact way I want it. That um, when we don't get what we want, we see it as a failure or we see it as life never works out for me or what's the point. And instead of seeing it as the failure that leads to success, some people see it as a message that I can't do anything right and why bother continuing. But overall life is hard. And if you remember, well, This is supposed to happen. Life is hard. Nothing great comes easy. That may not always be true. I'm not saying that if you develop this philosophy, that's how it is. I'm saying that it's healthier to develop a philosophy that it may not be easy to get what you want. And there may be compromises involved and there may be sacrifices involved. There may be leaps of faith. There may be stepping into things that you have no idea how it's going to turn out, yet you do it anyway. Because life is hard and the next step is sometimes unknown. And where you land when you leap can be unknown. And you just accept it and you stop being attached to where you want to be, knowing that you'll probably not end up there on your first step or your first leap, but you're going to be a whole heck of a lot closer because you took it, because you decided to take a chance, to take a risk, to get out of your stagnant thinking, to get out of the rut of where you might have been so that you can see what's on the other side. Sometimes we never see what's on the other side because we never try. Some people say, don't try, do. It's that Yoda thing. Don't try, do. I say try. I say try and see what happens because so many people don't. And you might be one of the few that do try and find out what happens. Could be a failure. Could be a success. They're both successes in my book because it's knowledge. And knowledge gives you wisdom And wisdom helps you formulate the next step. So from one step to the next to the next, how do you get there? If you're still wondering how to get there, just keep an open mind. This will help you step into your power so that you can be firm in your decisions and actions. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.